Welcome to today's edition of the Career 100 Podcast. Your host, Felicia Gopal, founder of collegefundingresource.com, will be interviewing professionals each week that are currently working in one of the top 100 careers for 2011. This series is designed to introduce students to different career options that are in demand and share the path each practitioner has taken to arrive in their current position. We want to expose you to the varied and distinguished careers of our guests and to perhaps inspire you to consider following in their footsteps, or better yet, blaze your own trail. So sit back and relax as Felicia interviews professionals about how they came to be in the top 100 careers. Hello, it's Felicia Gopal here for the Career 100 podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us today and welcome you to today's podcast. Today we're going to be continuing our exploration of different career options that students could consider. This is actually one of the most popular interests that students have, and that is becoming an attorney. And I have to tell you that when I was in college, I actually was very interested in becoming an attorney, and I really thought for a long time that that's exactly what I was going to be. I started doing accounting, but I kept on thinking I was doing accounting just so that I could make the money so that I can become an attorney. So it's interesting that I will have the opportunity today to talk with somebody who actually made the jump to being an attorney, and she'll share with you a little bit more about her journey and why she became an attorney. With me today is a special guest, and my guest is Leslie Hale. I've known Leslie for quite a few years, and it would be very interesting for me to hear a little bit more about how she became an attorney, because I've kind of seen her become an attorney, but I didn't always know the decisions that she made about why she chose the career that she chose. So with me today, I have Leslie Hale. Leslie? Yes. Please say hello to my guest. Hello, everyone. All right, Leslie. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about your background, please? Okay, so I graduated from high school in California, and I went to Harvard undergrad, and After Harvard, I went to Georgetown Law School. I've been in practice as an attorney for roughly 10 years. I've practiced in the federal government, and I've also been in private practice. And right now, I am a litigator for the Internal Revenue Service. And I always knew that I wanted to be an attorney even before I went to college. So what made you want to become an attorney? Generally, my goal was to, well, it was twofold. I think I wanted the intellectual challenge of being a lawyer, and I thought that that would be an interesting area for me to pursue. And then also, I liked the fact that I would have an opportunity to help people through my work. So it was twofold, my desire to become an attorney. And I knew that I wanted to do that when I was in high school, actually. And when I was in college... I was just confirmed that I wanted to become a lawyer. So my junior year, I applied to several different law schools, and I decided to go to Georgetown Law in D.C. And then while I was in law school, I thought that I would become, generally that I would go into the area of public interest law. I thought that I would possibly become a criminal defense attorney. So I actually interned for a criminal defense attorney my first year of law school. And I briefly interned for the Public Defender Service, so I got a little bit of perspective of what it was like to be 
a criminal defense attorney, and I ultimately decided to accept the job after law school that was a prosecutor. (laughs) So I did end up practicing criminal law, but it was for the prosecution, for the government. And it's interesting to me that you became a litigator because you're Mm -hmm. one of the most easygoing people I think (laughs) of. And so when I think of people who become litigators, the people that I have in my life who are litigators tend to be Mm -hmm. really aggressive and hard-charging and all the rest of those sorts of things. So obviously that's not the only skill set that you need to have in order to become an effective litigator. No, I think, of course, people do have that skill or they use that sort of part of their personality to be a litigator, and I've seen it used many times by litigators in practice, but it's not the only way to be a successful litigator. I mean, there are a lot of different aspects of being a litigator and being able to present yourself in the courtroom, being able to write briefs, argue cases before a judge. I mean, there's a lot of different aspects of it. And I think that that's a style, a style of litigator. And I think there are many different styles of litigators. And I think that people respect you if they know that you are competent and you show them that you know what you're talking about and you don't have to be that aggressive pit bull shark type individual. If you know what you're talking about and you really have confidence in yourself, I think that that comes across. So as far as a lot of people tell me that I'm very sort of laid back and quiet, but there's another side to me and there's very sort of intellectual side to me. And also there's a lot there that people don't often get to see, you know, my close friends and family. Got it. So what is it that you said that you had an interest that developed in high school about becoming Mm -hmm. an attorney? What is there about that, about being an attorney that you like? You've been in the field for 10 years, and Mm -hmm. there's probably just as many people that you probably graduated with who are now leaving being attorneys and doing Mm -hmm. something else. So what is it about being an attorney that you particularly like? I think it's the same thing, the reasons why I decided to become an attorney. I wanted a career that would be intellectually challenging to me that I wouldn't be bored with because I knew that I needed something that would challenge me, an area that would challenge me. And then also, like I said, I really wanted to be doing something that I thought would be useful to society and be able to help people. That was really important to me at the time. And I feel like I have done that throughout my career, although... You know, there was a short period of time when I was in private practice. I sort of came back to the federal or to the government in a role where I feel like, you know, I'm playing a role of helping people and and making a difference in society. Okay. So you've both worked in the private sector as well as the public sector. Your preference seems to be the public sector. Yeah, Uh, definitely. So if someone who is interested in becoming an attorney, is there a suggested path? Or is there multiple paths to becoming an attorney? I think there are, I mean, to actually become an attorney, I think there are specific things that you have to do. I mean, I think that you have to, of course, get good grades in college. And that's a factor that's very important in getting accepted into law school as well as the law school admissions test and doing well on that test. I think that those two things are paramount in law schools looking at you as a candidate. And I think for good or for bad, test scores and grades are very important in terms of getting admitted. 
And as far as, like, specific areas of study, I don't think that that really makes as much of a difference because there's so many different areas of law. And so you can be, like myself, I was, you know, my major was government at Harvard. It could be engineering. It could be math. It doesn't really matter because there's so many And that's many because areas. there's so many different applications of being exactly. an attorney outside exactly. of, like, you could be any kind of attorney, really. Yeah, there are a lot of different opportunities and you know, you could go into criminal law, you can go into corporate law, you can do intellectual property. I mean, there are a lot of different areas of law that you can go into. And undergraduate degree in pretty much any area, I mean, even entertainment law, pretty much in any area is applicable in the area of law. So that's why I think it's just very important to show that you, you get good grades in college so that you can get into a top law school. I think it's even more important nowadays than it was when I went to law school because of the situation that we are in economically. And they've been saying for years that there are too many attorneys. I don't know if I agree with that, but I think it's very important that if you decide that you want to be a lawyer and it's really your passion, that you not only do well to get in, but you do well in law school so that your opportunities won't be limited when you graduate. And so I think it's also important when you're in law school to really try to figure out what area you want to practice in so that you can, as early as possible, start to study and really become proficient in that area, whether it's labor law or corporate law or whatever, environmental law or whatever. I think that's very attractive to employers nowadays. So I don't know if I answered your question, but that's you did answer my, my question, my but one of the things is, and that kind of leads back to one of the points that you made earlier on, which mm-hmm. was that um, because you had an interest in public interest right. when you were in law school, you started pursuing opportunities to do that while you were in law school rather than right. waiting until you graduated to figure out whether or not that's something that you would be interested in. Exactly, and I think that that's something that you can do even before law school. I mean, I had other students, people that I went to school with at Harvard, a young lady who decided not to go to law school after she had worked in a legal office and saw what it was like, and she decided that she wanted to do something different. But I think that working in a legal environment as early as possible, I think, is a really good idea. I mean, in college, you can work in a law firm, or you can work in a government office, or you can work for a public interest organization. I mean, certainly, they're looking for people to assist them. It may not always be paid, but you'll get a good glimpse of what it's like to be a practicing attorney. And I think you'll get a better understanding of the field that you might not get in law school. And in law school, it's very intense, and you spend a lot of time studying and things. And so I think that it would really help someone decide whether or not they actually want to do it. And so By having an opportunity before to kind of observe the field. Right, exactly. And I think it's good to get a perspective of the practical application of a law degree because, you know, in law school you're reading cases and you're going to classes and you're taking tests and things like that. And unless you get involved in something such as a law clinic where you actually are practicing law, I think that sometimes people graduate from law school without really an understanding of what it means to be an attorney. And I think the sooner that you get that perspective, the better. I can see that. You know, I don't know if you know this about me, but one of the things that I did is I worked in the law office of a state planning firm in Northern California in the mm-hmm. estate. 
and I was the person who was responsible for preparing the 706s, you know, the estate okay. tax returns. And so it was very different because I remember watching L.A. Law when I was growing up, and I loved legal thrillers like John Grisham right. and all the rest of those sorts of things. And the day-to-day aspect of doing the job of attorney, especially in the estate planning department, it introduced me to a whole new world out there that I had never been exposed to. You know, my parents had always worked in government jobs, and so they had nice incomes, but, you know, when you're working in the State Department of a law firm, you're really working with people who are millionaires and sometimes multimillionaires, and I really had no understanding of that, and I didn't understand the time, the whole, well, it's not that I didn't understand the tax code, but I didn't understand the estate tax code and how it applied and why it was important and all the rest of that. So I think that you really brought home a really critical point is the earlier you can get a practical understanding of what it means to be an attorney, I think you would have fewer people who are leaving the profession after working in it for a period of time because they already went in knowing what they were going to perhaps be doing and experiencing. Right, exactly. I remember when I was in law school, my constitutional law professor actually spoke to us early in the semester, and he basically took a few minutes before class and gave us a speech about why it's important to pursue your passion in law as opposed to go down the track that a lot of students were going down, which was you know, trying to get a job at a big law firm so they can make really good money and hopefully become a partner one day. And he said that that's not the track for everyone, you know, and there are a lot of pitfalls in that track. You know, you have to decide that you basically want to dedicate your life to trying to become a partner, and then after you become a partner, you have to dedicate your life to being a partner. And he basically told us that we'd be happiest if we would pursue what our passion was without thinking about you know, the money or the prestige. And I think that that was really good advice he gave to us because I think sometimes people reach a point, especially around, I would say, maybe the 7 to 10-year point in their careers as attorneys where they sort of hit a wall and maybe get burned out and realize that they want to do something different. And I think that that may be because people pursue the wrong path thinking that it's going to give them what they're really looking for when it's not. So I think it's really important that if that's something that a person decides they want to do, that they really have a really good understanding of what it involves. And I think I've really enjoyed being a lawyer. I've learned a lot, and it can be very exciting. It can be very tiring at times, but it certainly is very challenging, and I certainly feel like I've grown a lot in my career. So a couple of things that you said about why you were first interested in being an attorney and why you continue to enjoy being an attorney are the intellectual challenge of the field. Um, Working through the government allows you to be useful to society and to help people. So you talked Mm -hmm. about those three things. Would you say that those three things would be something that would be helpful for any person who is interested in becoming an attorney to have or aspire to? Or is there anything else that you would probably add in terms of somebody who is interested in the career of becoming an attorney? Is there any other attributes or values that they would probably get benefit from if they were considering becoming an attorney? 
Well, I mean, there are a lot of different aspects of being an attorney. First of all, there's so many different areas of law that someone can specialize in. So from criminal law to entertainment law to intellectual property to, I mean, there's so many different things that you can do. And, I mean, I think that as far as a desire to be in the law, I mean, you have to think of it as you want to be in the courtroom, which is something that I like to do. I mean, I like to be in the courtroom. Some people are lawyers, and they never make their way into the courtroom. Right. Um, do you like writing a lot? You could get a job that's more focused on appellate work where you are writing briefs all the time. I mean, there's a lot of, there's corporate law where there's, you work a lot with clients and helping them to solve their problems and doing negotiating and things like that. There's so many different aspects of it. And that's why I think going back to what we were talking about earlier is that if you get a sort of an understanding of what a particular, what a lawyer does on a day-to-day basis, you sort of maybe be able to match up what your interests are with an area of law or a type of practice that you want to go into. For me personally, I liked the aspect of being able to do something that I felt was beneficial to society. And not to say that certain areas of law aren't beneficial, but I felt like my initial desire was to be a criminal defense attorney because I believe that people who are charged with a crime or being prosecuted deserve to have a defense. You know, they deserve to have someone represent them. And so I sort of got off that path for a variety of reasons. I mean, criminal law is not the easiest area of law to practice in. But I think that if you know that you're really interested in something and you can find an area in the law that sort of matches up to that, that's great. That's the best way to go. Well, you know, one of the questions that I always like to circle back and ask is, why do you think that being an attorney is on the list of the top 100 careers for the next decade? Yeah, I thought about that question because the reality is that there are a lot of attorneys out there, and it's a very attractive profession for young people, and I think it remains that way. And I think one reason maybe because there will always be a need for attorneys, and it's a very, it can be a very glamorous profession. It's very well-respected, and it can be very high-paying. And I think that perhaps with the way that the economy is and with the direction that things are going, people are probably thinking about jobs that maybe will remain in this country, um, that they're probably thinking about what's a profession that is not going to be threatened by being outsourced or that there will be jobs available. I mean, for the most part, you know, certain aspects of law, it's, well, I would say the majority of it. I mean, I think that it's really difficult to sort of envision jobs being outsourced in the law. So that that may be part of it. But, I mean, there's the other side of it, too, which is the fact that it is very competitive field. And there are a lot of people graduating from law school competing for jobs. And so I don't know how that's going to impact it. But I would guess that that's probably because of the fact that it is a very stable profession. And it, well, and it I would also it. think... You know, to add to that is I would also think that as there are these new technologies and new Mm -hmm. fields that are opening up, there, you know, with it comes all sorts of other aspects that an attorney could add value to. 
I'm doing oh, yes. quite a bit of stuff on the internet. And so mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm becoming more aware of intellectual property and right. privacy. And then there's the whole fact that a lot of the laws that have been created were not really created with the Internet and some of the things that people can do with the Internet, both for the good and for the bad, in terms of reaching people. So I imagine right. that uh, one of the reasons why it would also be in the top 100 careers is just because as technology and the world changes, there are just more need to have people who specialize in different aspects of the law in order to accommodate the changes in our world. Yeah, definitely, without a doubt. I think the Internet is a perfect example of that. I mean, there are so many different issues that come out of the whole Internet phenomenon that 10, 15 years ago we we weren't even thinking about. I remember when I first got into law school, intellectual property was sort of like a fringe area to specialize in or to take classes in, and now it's huge. And having knowledge of intellectual property, I mean, it's a big area now for a lawyer. And I think you're right. I mean, there are a lot of things that we can't even probably fathom down the line. Things are changing so quickly. And I think the laws and new laws are being written, and and you need people who understand how those laws work. It's really, it's actually pretty exciting. And so... I think that it is a very, it's cutting edge and and interesting area for someone to go into. And I also think it's something, the thing about the law is that if you say you start out in college and you think you want to be a doctor or you want to do something science-oriented and then you change your mind, you haven't lost any ground because you certainly can use what you've learned and create a career in the law out of it. So it's very versatile in that way. So it sounds like it's got some really great attributes. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us? I would just say that the law is very, it's a very exciting area. I would tell people, especially young people, to not limit themselves based on what they watched on TV or even, you know, seen on the Internet about lawyers. And I think that they should explore as much as they possibly can with actual real life lawyers that they know or that they've come in contact with asked a lot of questions because I think that the legal field is an exciting area. And I think that because it's becoming more competitive, I hope that particularly African-Americans and minority students really think of it as an opportunity or an option for them. I mean, look, we have a president who is a lawyer. We have his wife is a lawyer. I mean, it certainly is something that is very possible for a young minority student as a pathway for a career. So they shouldn't think that that's not something that they can do because it's definitely something that they can do. All right, perfect. So do you have any organizations that students should consider if they have an interest in becoming an attorney? Is there, I don't know. Organizations, off the top of my head, I can't think of any specifically... I would say that if they have any opportunities to do, because moot court, I know that some organizations do that with high school students and go to schools and have moot court where they can actually try a case or something like that. I would say also if they have an opportunity to volunteer for an organization that is involved in the law, any kind of public interest organization or something like that, that. I think is a perfect way to show 
that you're really interested and you really desire to become an attorney. And I think it'll look good to law schools and to future employers, but it'll also, I think, open your eyes to how attorneys work. So I think I probably sound like a broken record or like a lot of parents would sound. It's just very important, I think, to get good grades and to do well on the test and show an interest by, by volunteering for organizations that have some sort of legal aspect to them or getting involved in moot court type activities just to get a taste of what it's like to be an attorney. So, Leslie, I thank you. It's been great at learning a little bit more about how you came to become an attorney as well as your thinking as far as that's concerned. I very much enjoyed this. So to learn more about the college planning process, I invite you to visit our website, collegefundingresource.com. I also encourage my listeners to keep coming back to listen to more of our podcasts. At College Funding Resource, you'll be able to listen for free to guests like Leslie who have valuable information to share. Leslie, I'd like to thank you for joining me today and telling us more about how you became an attorney. And I want to thank all my listeners for joining us today, and I hope that you'll join me again for the next installment of the Career 100 podcast. Thank you, Felicia. All right. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Career 100 podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast, where we'll continue to interview experts in the top 100 careers for 2011, giving you the insider's view of their chosen profession. If you'd like more information about planning and saving for college and to instantly download your free copy of College Funding Resources Report, Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Kathy Davis for the Career 100 Podcast.